Thanks for listening. This is Coming Out Stories from What Goes On Media with me, Emma Goldswell. This season, we're turning the tables and speaking to the parents of LGBTQ plus people to hear their story. It's time to meet another mum. She's called Jackie, and about 20 years ago, she helped set up a group supporting other parents of gay and trans children. It's called Families Together London. She's not just got one gay child, but two, a son and a daughter. Well, they both had very different experiences of coming to terms with their sexuality and coming out. Jackie started by telling me a bit about her family. I'm married, I'm straight, my husband's straight as well. And um, that helps. <laughs> it does, yes. And we produced two amazing children. Uh, the girl is now 37 and uh, she's lesbian. And our son is 34 and he's gay. We just have the two children. Their childhood growing up was very normal, strong family unit did well at school, friends, etc. And then, although our son is three years younger than our daughter, he was the one that came out first and oh. came out when he was 12. 12? That's quite yeah. young, isn't it, really? And before the coming out, did you have any inklings, Jackie? Did you see some signs? Because I speak to a lot of people who always go, my mum knew or my mum told me or, you know, no. mums, mums always know. No, I, I maybe I'm blind, I don't know, but I, I didn't notice anything at all. Um, and in fact, uh, moving on a few years beyond age 12, hmm. when I eventually, with permission from my son, told some friends that he has come out as gay, they said, we wondered when you were going to tell us. So I don't know whether... I was too close to it that not notice. He didn't show any particular indications to me the way he moved, the way he wanted to dress. I suppose in retrospect, he hated any sport which was tactile. Mm -hmm. He had, was forced into playing rugby for a couple of years at school, which he hated. Mm -hmm. He didn't like that. He preferred, he liked swimming. He was, he was a good swimmer. And I'm, I gather that quite a lot of gay men don't, like that physical sport i don't know things may have changed now you only have to look around now at the rugby player who is out and ex-rugby player who's out and proud oh gareth thomas yes yeah, so yeah. yeah it's funny isn't it actually a lot of um gay men are turned turned off sport at school and i think i don't know it's a combination yeah. of just the pressure to be in teams the bullying that you can sometimes yeah. get in a sport environment and some the mentality of some pe teachers i think as well i, I think also it's the changing room that i think oh. you know all boys together and especially when you're going through puberty so going back going back to what happened was he was 12 and an incident occurred, nothing bad, but it was something occurred. And I had to say to him, you know, why have you got this magazine? Which I thought was a bodybuilding magazine initially. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was it boys? Was it boys magazine or gay times? It was or a top shelf magazine. Oh, and a 12 year old shouldn't have it. I don't know how he got it. I still don't know how he got it. Yeah. Um, and then he came back from school. He was at an all boys school as well. I had a cleaner coming that day and I found it under the bed and I moved it before she came. And then when she'd gone, I put it back under the bed. 
I said, I didn't want her to see it. I, I was a bit worried and I realized what it was. And I had to confront him because I was un, unhappy about the fact that he had a magazine like that. And I wanted to know why he had a magazine like that. Anyhow, it was a bit, a bit emotional for him. But he said that he enjoyed looking at boys, men's bodies. And um, that was the start. We decided to support him very he was very young we said don't worry about it you know you're you've got lots of friends you you're doing well at school just carry on in your normal way I didn't quite know what to do in fact I made one one phone call I seem to remember I made one phone call it might have been to gay switchboard it might have been I'm not sure it's such a long time ago now but it was a help organization though yeah I, I wanted my one fear was uh, his safety. That was the one thing. I wasn't worried about anything else. I just was worried for his safety. And of course, he was at an all boys school, and I was advised that maybe he shouldn't. This is going back a while now. Mm. He should not come out. So he didn't come out at school, and he ended up going to a youth club on Friday nights when he was about 15, which he sourced himself, which he absolutely loved. He came home from school threw off his, his uniform, grabbed something to eat, and then he was off. And he was then with boys his own age, and he was also, um, he was supported there. The youth club was protected, and it had mentors there, gay men. So it was a LGBT youth club then, yeah? It was, yes. Oh, and it, was, it was for boys, and, and that was that for him was the highlight of his week. He did very well in the GCSEs. He did extremely well in his A-levels. When he was 18, he went to university, he went to a very good university, and within three months he was dating the man that ended up his husband. So he's wow. been, Yes, he's been married for five years now. That's a successful d dating story, isn't it? I'm impressed. Yeah, well, oh, apparently, I didn't realise, I only found out quite recently that apparently when he, when he went up uh, to uni... He, st he started going out with somebody, but the guy that he eventually married didn't think it would last and he was ready to pounce. <laughs> he said, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for my moment. <laughs> and the, the initial friendship, whatever, that my son had with his first boyfriend up there fizzled out very quickly. And then my now son-in-law and him got together. And he's a year older than my son which it, and so I I've sort of watched them growing together uh, which has been wonderful Covid's been an absolute pain up the proverbial uh, but I I've, I've known a lot of their friends and they consider me also because of the support that we give at Families Together London to parents they consider me like um, a great support for the uh, LGBT community so mm -hmm. That's really his story. His story is a lovely story. He never had any, nothing ever happened to him. He was never accosted. He was never damaged in any way. So your fears for his safety were unfounded, as it turned well, out. Well, I think he was also in a he was also in a school where he he was bust in and out as well. It was one of these schools where you know it was difficult to get to, so they had the the coach system which they have in a lot of schools now so I, I just felt he was in a very safe environment and he just seemed to cope incredibly well and he accepted totally that this is who he was and he could see the support that he had from his parents as well and his older sister mm. and 
Emma, we can go on to that story, which is very different. Yeah, can I just ask you before that, though? Yeah. Um, you said you were very unsure um, about him coming out at school. So did you yeah. tell him not to come out at school? I mean, did he, did he try and come out to friends at school? No. I think I told him that I'd spoken to somebody and we felt that if it was possible, it might be advisable not to. You know, we're going back quite a while now. Yeah. We're going back 20 years. And mm -hmm. if you go back 20 years, things have moved on a pace. Well, they have LGBT groups at schools now, don't they? I mean, probably yeah. if you were given the advice today, would you give different advice probably? Yeah, I, I think, you know, most schools of any of any quality have got LGBT support installed. And so now, especially with the trans side of things, and we've got a massive group of parents at FDL okay. who have got trans children. I mean, the support now is beginning to filter through to the schools. You know, we never had that then. No. So he was just very confident in his own skin. He was able to be himself, but I think also he wasn't overly gay. You know, he he didn't he didn't present in a, a particularly gay gay way. You know, he he was he was, he, he wasn't outlandish in 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 a lot of the things that he he did. And on the dating apps, they call it straight acting, don't they? Which is always a weird phrase, I think, isn't it? Like you're acting it, but you know, some people just act differently, don't they? Yeah, but he's yeah he's he's um, just a, a very normal. Boy, and he's developed into a magnificent man. And what was it like going to your son's wedding? Best wedding I've ever been to. Yeah. Apart from now, being to my daughter's wedding now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can't really say it's the best. Hang on a minute. Two of, the best, two of the best weddings I've yes. ever been to. <laughs> when you went to it, it was the best wedding you've been to because that was the first one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 No, and it was quite interesting because they did the whole thing. And we were we were allocated X amount of guests and we invited it was not family but, but our friends. So we had about twenty-four of our friends mm. came as well. And they they'd obviously known our son since he was very young. And our friends haven't got any gay connections at all, but they had the best time. They thought it was the most fabulous wedding. It was great. And when he was younger, when you were growing up, did you know many gay people? Did you have any experience? Me? Understanding of the LGBT community? Yeah. Nothing. Mm. Absolutely zilch. No. No, I, I wasn't aware of any family members who were LGBT, friends of our friendship group. As far as I'm aware, we're the only couple who have got gay children. Well, And it's been fully accepted. And I would have blacklisted anybody that was not on board I called up one person called out one person when they made a joke which I felt was homophobic Gosh. I've called out a couple of people because not because they are homophobic but because they were using language which was inappropriate and I felt that it's important and I've got the confidence to do that I felt it was inappropriate and they need to be told and educated well, that's it. It's, it's all education, isn't it? And a lot of time, LGBT people feel like they have to educate their parents because, and you're yeah. sort of learning together, aren't you? And now yeah. you're in the position where you're educating other people who have, aren't as lucky enough to have LGBT children. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of become your role by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. very much so. I love it. 
Oh, well, we need our allies. We're nowhere as a community without our allies, you know, and, and, and parents should make the best allies, shouldn't they, really? Yeah, but they should do. And I know for a fact that, although my daughter's story, which I will come on to, hmm. they, knowing that their parents were there to support them and be there for them and give them a safe place, meant everything. Well, exactly. I mean, I've spoken to people who have been prepared and they have packed a bag under the understanding that they would be thrown out of the home. I've spoken to people who have been thrown out of the family home. You, mm. you know, you do hear horror stories still in, mm. in, in 2022, unfortunately. So let's move on to your daughter then. Well, very, very different. Um, as I said, she's three years older than our son. And she, like our son, who i backtracking a bit, he knew before he went to secondary school that something wasn't quite clicking the same way as the other boys but he didn't have the vocabulary to explain himself so he knew the latter part of primary school that couldn't quite work out what it was that he was feeling which again is quite common very common but to have worked it out by 12 is pretty young as well actually well I think he would have maybe kept it under wraps a bit longer if I hadn't confronted him which I had to do but uh Daughter, three years older, had, has had also said at primary school, similar age, maybe nine, ten, having feelings that were not sort of similar to peer group. She was rejecting within herself her feelings and struggled. Mm. And it caused her a lot of sorrow growing up because she did not want to be a lesbian. She fought it. And I wonder why that is. It's because you were obviously loving and supporting parents. It's, it's a message we get from society somehow, isn't it? That it's just wrong and it's unnatural. No, and she could see how supportive we were of uh, her brother. Hmm. Uh, she just did not want to be gay. I use gay because that's an easy phrase to use. Hmm. She didn't want to be. So she she worked very hard and it's very destructive when you're not allowing your true sexuality to be lived. And it's painful because we knew there was a struggle and you can't, you can't force it. You just, you, you just have to try and tease it out as best you can. And it caused her a lot of pain and it caused us pain and it made her life very difficult. It made everything difficult because if you can't be who you are you're suffocating yourself but eventually in her mid-20s you get to a point where something has to give yeah some people explode out the closet don't they so before yeah. this was she like dating boys or she's just yeah. really getting involved yeah. there was never you? there was never a boyfriend there was never anyone I would never be able to look back and say, oh, she was going out with someone for a year and it mm. fizzled out. There was never that. She had male friendships, I believe. Not so much female friendships because women, young women can be really nasty. And one thing I'm incredibly grateful for is that there was no social media when they were growing up. Oh, yeah. I'm so grateful, not so much for my son, but I'm so grateful that we never had that when my daughter was growing up because of bullying aspects and things like that. You think she was getting bullied 
There was definitely yes, yes, because you know people if they young young people you know they they can be so nasty if they see that there's a a chip somewhere they can pick it like a scab they'll pick at it and they'll pick at it and they'll pick at it. It's anyone that's different, isn't it? You know, and it could be because they've got red hair. It could be because there's somebody slightly overweight. It could be anything. Children and pick girls, up on anything, girls, don't they? Girls can be can be bitches. I mean, I I know that I was bullied when I was at school. I was very, I'm quite slim now, but when I was in my teens, I was very overweight. Unbeknown to a lot of people, I was quite ill and I was comfort eating. And I I remember being at secondary school, and it was a girls' school. And I just remember going around the playground saying, I'm still, I'm still very sad. I remember going around to the playground and saying, can I be your friend? Now, how sad is that? Oh, gosh. And that's yeah. awful. You know, in the end, there were two girls that said they would be. Oh. <laughs> well, oh, well, that's better than nothing. That's all you need, two good friends. Well, they weren't that good friends. Oh. I mean, I'm not in touch with anyone from my school days at all, at all. That is sad. But you think your daughter went through a similar thing? They, they yeah, found so a, they I found understand. I understand the bullying side of things. But, you know, I now, I now look at how she is and her great courage that she's come through and she's a brave and articulate woman who's fought her way through and is now living a happy married life with a, a gorgeous woman who's also had her own issues to have to deal with. Mm. But they got married in July. It was an amazing wedding. So two amazing weddings, very different from our son's wedding. It was down in the country, down in the, con- in the country. <laughs> and um, it was outdoor entertainment and um, lots of children and lots of fun mm. and a very happy, happy event. And fortunately for me, my son and daughter-in-law get on and my daughter and son get on. So I feel very content and very, very proud of how they have you know, got to where they are. So tell us about how she came out to you in the end then, because I'm guessing she made that decision because for your son it was because you'd found a magazine. She had to have some emotional support to allow her to come out. She had to have some counselling to enable her to confront what she knew she had to confront. In the end, you have to face it. You have to. And, I mean, this is going back now more than 10 years. Mm. And um, I think that what's happened now is society is realising that we have to be more open and honest about our feelings, that we can't keep things locked away. And the amount of people I know who have had counselling is just, just unbelievable because people are just so desperate to sort of work out whatever it is they need to work out. And I think sometimes you can't do it with your nearest and dearest. It has to be an outsider, someone who is qualified, but will enable you to work through the issues that you need to work through. And I know for a fact that it works. I'm one of those people that's never had counselling. Maybe I need it, I don't know. (laughs) But I can see from the people I know who have had it how it can work 
Well, it was definitely the right decision for her to go and get that support, she wasn't got it? That really? Support, yeah. yeah, and she's as a human being has flourished, and it's very hard because when you when she will look back at all those years where she she suffered, I think also that goes to make you who you eventually become, which is she's a very as I said a very strong woman now, and eloquent she's she's done amazingly well she's beautiful she's versatile and she is got a beautiful smile and she's very special she's very special as is as is my son who is my go-to person unbelievably he he and i have this uh, i don't know what it was we we have a very, very similar way of looking at things. I've always felt from when they were very, very young that I want to be their friend, but I've always kept five, ten percent back, which mm. is mum. And that will come out occasionally when I feel that that particular element of me needs to present itself. But I have a very, very, very strong friendship with my children, but they know that I and there for them as mum when those moments occur. I, I think that works. I think that works. But I because some people say, oh no, you can't be friends with your children, but I don't I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't get that. And did she take comfort from the fact that her brother had come out as gay and it had been and it'd been okay and you both you and your husband accepted it? Did did she decide to come out to him first or, or did she speak to you first? Well he he knew. Mm. Maybe because he was gay. I mean, I had inklings, but until somebody actually categorically tells you, you you just don't know. You don't. No. no, you don't know. That person has to spell it out and say exactly what it is, um, because otherwise you you're playing around at the edges, you know, and it's nothing definite. And also, once you come out, you can't pop back in again. <laughs> once you're out, you're out. I think that they're living great lives thank god touch wood they're both well that's the important bit isn't it really yeah, yeah. they've got strong friendship friendship groups and um, my daughter doesn't live in my son lives in london my daughter lives in the west country she has a very very supportive family down there through her wife she's got a great mother-in-law I'd like to think that my daughter-in-law thinks she's got a great mother-in-law. <laughs> I'm well. sure she does. Well, I think both of your children are very lucky to have such a brilliant mum and supportive parents. Because um, I'm guessing it's not. Well, I know from the, from doing this podcast for three years, I know that that is not the case for all LGBT people. So, yeah. tell us a bit now about Families Together London and and why you wanted to get involved with them and and how supportive it's, it's been and helped you and others. Right. Okay. So I've been involved with Families Together London now for about 20 years. What happened was I knew when my son was in his teens that he had some friends when he'd been to a youth club. I think it was when he'd been to youth club. He, he'd mentioned that there was, I think, maybe one or two people who did not have the support that he felt that he was getting. We're not sure whose story is right, his or mine, but <laughs> I seem to recall it was when he was in his late teens that he told me about a group called FLAG. Yeah. It had been around a bit longer than Families Together. And I got in touch with FLAG because I felt that I might be able to help other parents 
although I was relatively new to it, I felt that I was confident enough to be able to help other parents who were maybe finding the fact that their child was LGBT difficult. So I got in touch with FLAG and they're not in London, they're in Bristol and in other places. And they gave me the name of a lady who was running a group called Families Together. It was called Families Together then, a lady called Hatter, who sadly is no longer with us, Hatter Hatter Hodgson. I met her for coffee and I went along to a meeting and I think there were two other parents there. And similar time to when I joined, another lady joined, Marjorie, and Marjorie had two sons and they were, they were both gay. She knew when they were toddlers that they were gay. How she knew that, I don't wow. know. Okay. But anyhow, again, sadly, she is no longer with us. Anyway, she was brilliant, Marjorie. Hatter was fabulous and she'd nursed AIDS patients during the AIDS crisis. Anyway, she she had a, a, a gay son and she she was very, very worried, of course, you know, with the AIDS crisis that, you know, her son would have problems. But anyhow, she, she started this very, very small group and then Marjorie joined, who was in education, and she and I both agreed we needed to create some sort of website. So we had a very basic website created and we had little flyers made and... It's gradually over the years developed. We've now got about 150 members and we've got 30 or 40 sets of parents who've got trans children. And we've created uh, FTL-T, which is Families Together London Transgender. And that's run by David, who is a doctor, who himself has got two trans children. We have that side of Families Together. So we're basically now running three meetings a month. We're back at Battersea, which is where we have our in-person meeting, where we occasionally have speakers. And that's on the fourth Saturday of the month, lunchtime. David does a Zoom every month for his trans group. And they can obviously come to the Battersea meeting. But since COVID, we decided we'd do things on Zoom and we've decided to keep that, which means that we can now welcome people from wherever to join in on the Zoom meeting. It's a Zoom meeting, an in-person meeting and an FTL-T Zoom meeting. So three meetings a month. And what would you say is the reason that most people, most parents are coming to the group? Are they are there parents that are really struggling with it to come to terms with it that don't know how to parent an LGBT child? The one common link is everybody loves their child. Otherwise, they wouldn't come yeah. to the meeting. They want to be there to support their child the best way possible. More than anything, they want to meet other parents who share the same situation. Obviously, yeah. different in lots of different ways, but they want to be able to talk to people who are going through similar situation to them. We tend not to have parents who've got very young children. They tend to be in their mid to late teens and then upwards and onwards. And it's really knowing that you're not on your own. We've got helplines and occasionally I will do helpline as well. And then they tell me their story. I say, well, you've ended up in the right place. (laughs) You're with friends and we'll be there for you. For me, when somebody comes who is obviously very upset and it takes quite a lot of courage to get to the point of making the, looking us up, finding us, 
coming, making a phone call to actually physically seeing us either on Zoom or in person. I want them to leave the meeting uplifted. They've got to leave feeling better than when they arrive. And if you go on the website, very, very few people ever unsubscribe. Somebody's recently unsubscribed, but they wrote the most beautiful email to us. And I said, can I just put that on the homepage? Because she's left, not because she's upset with us, but she said, I know you're there if I need you, but now I I don't need you and everything is good. But what you've done for us, for me and my family is beyond words. And if you go on the homepage, you'll see her quote, because I think it's so beautiful and it says so much in so few words. Oh, and that's what that's the essence of Families Together London is to support parents. And I get I guess there are a few people like yourself who have gone through a real journey and have approached Families Together London because they need the support and they want to talk to other people in the same situation and then they've gone through the whole process and are now helping other people. Yeah. With it. Mm. I think so. I think you learn to grow into the situation. A lot of people find it very hard to open up to family, friends, work colleagues, etc. But you have to you have to judge that yourself. No one can say when you should do it. You have to feel strong in yourself. Mm. If you're strong in yourself, then that's the time that you can then open up. Because you know, you may get a backlash. You may get things said back to you that are not good. Uh, you have to be prepared for that. And finally, let's say you're probably the perfect person to do this. Um, some oh. advi- advice <laughs> for maybe other parents who are listening who, you know, aren't part of a great support network. They, like yourself back in the day, don't know any other gay or LGBT people. What advice would you give to parents sort of struggling to come to, to terms with, with a gay child or, or a trans child who just, you know, right. doesn't know what to do or where to get support? Well, first thing I would say is, I'm sure you'll put it out, Emma, but uh, go onto our website and have a look at the website, look at some of the stories, and then when you feel ready, call one of the two helpline numbers or send an email. Someone will come back to you and we'll have a gentle conversation and you can say as much or as little as you like, but don't let it fester. Don't not make that move because you make that move and you come and you find us that's the beginning of your journey of learning to accept and rejoice who your child is regardless of whether they're straight or gay because whether they're straight or gay they are still your child and they will continue to give you joy it'll be different but the joy does not go there are different joys that come along. Absolutely. And I guess you don't have to live in London, do you, to approach your No, you no, no. You, because we do Zoom as well, there's nothing to stop you joining a meeting. Interestingly, I was worried when we started doing Zoom a year and a half, nearly two years ago. I thought, oh, we're going to lose that sort of feeling of support and love and sharing. And it, it, it funnily enough, it... it New new parents that joined during COVID who'd never met in person, the feeling of love and support was was still there. It was just sharing. It really is, and it's not the same thing. But it made me think about it, and because I joined a bereavement group 
um, yeah. about a year ago, and that was all on Zoom, obviously. Yeah. And I, I gained a great deal from that, actually. I mean, we only have ever met once in real life, actually. But yeah. we are now quite a tight-knit group, I would say, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think it's sharing and knowing you're not on your own. And you're not on your own. I, I promise whoever is listening to this podcast, you're not on your own. We're here. And we are a lovely mixed group, all ages, all ethnicities. So whoever you are, if you've got an issue and find that you've got, or, or maybe you're wondering whether your child is gay and you're not quite sure, please come and join us and we'll make your journey much easier. If you've enjoyed listening, please don't forget to rate us, review us, tell your friends and if you want to find us on social media we are come out stories on twitter and coming out stories pod on instagram i can't wait for you to hear the next episode we're finally going to hear from a dad bruce has been on an incredible journey from working as a pastor in an evangelical christian church and believing that homosexuality is a sin to eventually supporting and loving his gay son It's a journey that even saw him have to quit his job in the church. He told me he still feels quite guilty about his past beliefs, but that he's grateful to his gay son for teaching him how to love. But we had no idea he was crying himself to sleep at night, that he was suffering from depression. He actually thought the school would have rejected him, which a lot of his friends would. The family would, the church would, and God would. Can you imagine that you feel you're totally unacceptable? It was toxic. Even now, talking about it, I feel so upset that we abused him. We were trying to be loving parents, you know, and we had no idea that, that we, were, we were abusing him. And I've had to deal with that now. And I tell you, I mean, it's, it, it's been a lifesaver for me to actually come out of this while I was in and to be free to love anyone and, and love everyone on the basis of just we're all human beings together and not think of them and us anymore.